Welcome to the Thirst for More podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, where we sit down and talk with strength coaches, personal trainers, nutritionalists, and other professionals in the fitness and strength and conditioning field to help athletes, parents, coaches, small business owners help level up their game to provide athletes and clients world-renowned success, either in the weight room, on the field, or on the platform. Enjoy today's episode. Episode 11 of the Thirst for More podcast, I sit down and do a solo episode and discuss what makes a good personal trainer or strength coach. The reason I kind of talk about this subject is it was a question on my Q&A AMA that I had gotten on an Instagram post a couple weeks ago, and I figured that it was a very in-depth question that kind of just required a little more attention, and I knew that I could kind of make some good teaching points from that question and kind of pass that on in a more serious and, and less time-sensitive uh, response with the way that Instagram works. And you've got these 10-second windows and, and all that kind of uh, social media jazz. So I thought, how can I use this question to be able to pass on some information to other people? And in this particular podcast, I basically use our core values at Thirst which um, I go on to talk about, and I'll let you listen to the podcast about what those are and how we use those as kind of a hook, line, and sinker. But also basically at the end of the day that being a good strength coach and personal trainer does not necessarily come down to the sets, reps, loads, and programming schemes. Um, So I I think this is something that if you are in the fitness industry, in my opinion, this is a must-listen I think if you're a, if you are a good personal trainer, strength coach, you'll listen to this and you'll be like, "This is freaking on point." Like this is this is why I do what I do. And I think if you're kind of like on the fence or new in the industry and you're kind of getting hung up on like all these programming things and all the all the science, and I'm it's super enamoring and it's really fun and it gets me psyched up too because I, I love using that stuff. But I can tell you right now that I've been in the industry long enough that I can tell you that at the end of the day. The stuff that we talk about in here that doesn't talk about the sets, loads, the the rep schemes, the percentages, all that kind of stuff, you'll be like, man, that that makes a lot of sense. I think I, I think I see how I can use this to be able to leverage myself above the competition, to getting a job, to, to owning that interview, to, to standing out in my in my coursework uh, at college. Like, I, th- I think there's some good stuff there. As a parent or Um, a coach or administrator or what have you I think these are other things that you can use to look to find somebody if you're needing somebody to fill that gap so even if you're an administrator and you're looking to hire maybe this is something that you kind of put in your checks and balances for your hiring Um, if you are a parent and you're trying to find a sports performance coach or a personal trainer for your kid or yourself or a friend or family member these are things that you should kind of look for. These are these are things if they don't have them are probably red flags to, to being able to help you get what you want in the long term, which whatever those goals may be for your, you or your kid. And then also I think there's just good life lessons here that work really well for the average person, the average coach, the average parent. These that if you if you kind of use these to like mold yourself as an individual, and while they are the thirst core values, um, but I, I, I think if you use them and not to like sell my own brand on you, but I really believe that if you can live your life by these six core values, you're probably not only a really freaking awesome person, 
but you're probably going to conquer life and everything you you, you kind of go after to tackle. Um, so I hope that you can take these that we talk about, about what it takes to be a good strength coach and personal trainer, because at the end of the day, this is what you need to just be a good person. Just the strength coach and personal trainer part, I kind of put the twist on there of how that helps make you better at your profession as being a strength coach or a personal trainer. So that's all I've got. Enjoy episode 11. Hi guys, this is Brandon Smitley from the Thirst for More podcast. Here on this episode today, I'm doing it solo and we're going to tackle a Instagram Q&A question that I got a couple weeks ago. I put it down on my phone. I thought it was a good one and I really wanted to discuss it at length. And that question is, what makes a good personal trainer and or strength coach? So to take some back steps here really quick, I do an Instagram Q&A, AMA, whatever they're called now. I don't know when that changed, but I do that basically every Sunday. Um, I used to do them on Saturdays, but I do them every Sundays with a little Q&A sticker, and then usually I go through and answer them. So if you want to be have me answer a question, that's one way to go about it. I also answer all my DMs, um, but that's at my account at, at B Smitley. But this was a good enough question that I feel like I could drag it out for at least 30 to 45 minutes to give you some good quality content on it. The other thing is I want to make sure that we're talking about what is the different, in terms of good, what what is good in terms of this question. I'm personally going to take it and separate it very simply between good and and bad. What makes somebody quote unquote good? You would recommend them. They're good at what they, there I am using the word, they're good at what they do. I'm not talking about going from good to great because I do believe that everything I'm going to talk about here in a little bit, if you just do them a little bit better, a little bit more frequently, you're a little bit more in tune with what you're doing and you dial that in, you can go from good to great by doing everything else that I'm going to talk about. But I do believe the difference between good and bad Usually, the quote-unquote bad or not so good or lackluster, whatever term you want to use there, there are people that do not have these things that we're going to talk about. And you'll notice a running theme here about how I'm going to approach this. And so I'm going to use our core values at Thirst to kind of knock these down piece by piece. And then we'll kind of get into maybe some nuances here at the end as I kind of check the time and see how this kind of goes because I don't, like I said, I don't want it to drag out too long. But the core values that we have at Thirst are trustworthy, humble, integrity, respect, strength, and teamwork. It's a nice fancy acronym that spells out Thirst. This is how we make business decisions, clientele decisions, hiring decisions. Almost everything that we do uses these core values to help make educated decisions on moving the business, moving the brand, moving the results one step ahead of our competitors, helping the community, um, and just overall bettering the industry, even in the very, very small town of Terre Haute that we are. Um, I, I think our location has nothing to do with what we do as a business. I do think that if we took what we do and we supplanted it into a bigger city, we would still thrive because of these core values. So let's kind of tackle these one by one. So the first one here is trustworthy. Ironically enough, I think it panned out well that this ends up being the very first word uh, because I think without trust, 
the rest of them don't really matter a whole lot. If you if you can't trust the people you're working with, the people you hire, um, you know your loved ones, your friends. If if you're around people that you can't trust, there's bound to be a problem at some point in that relationship. Um, that's why there's divorces. That's why there's fallout between friendships. That's why we argue over petty bullshit. It's usually a trust issue that causes problems. Because if you trust somebody and they trust you, not only are you expecting for people to be um, to be honest with you, right? Um, I think that's part of it. But I also think that there's a good working relationship there that if there is a problem, it can be met head on between both or the group of individuals that are working together. And that, like I said, you're going to trust each other to be able to get over it and figure out how to problem solve and work together. Um, some of these other things I've already talked about, they all are kind of fall underneath that umbrella of trust. So you've got to be able to trust your personal trainer or your strength coach or your boss or your spouse or your best friend. You got to be able to trust them. And in our industry, that's a little hard because let's be honest, the fitness industry sucks. There are a lot, I'm sorry, but there are a bunch of shitty people in the fitness industry that give people that do a good job a really bad rap. The people selling the detox teas, the people doing the booty building crap, and they're um, they're trying to make money off of just selling garbage training programs or the the supplement industry, like right now, there's there's just a bunch of crap going around that they're selling and they're they're putting other bad stuff into products and not telling their consumers. So the the industry is, as a whole is almost like seen as a shady place to be to begin with. So to be a trustworthy person in generally a shitty industry kind of sucks because everyone immediately lumps you under being a a shitty person or you're not good at what you do um, and so it takes time to build that trust and that's where the fitness industry will chew you up and spit you out if you do not have this you will not make it I guarantee it you cannot bullshit people for 40 years and make a living in retirement and make house payments buy your car you just cannot do it so I can tell you right now um, you know there, there are obviously the exceptions you know especially like the supplement industry you can have that bullshit supplement company that makes it but I can tell you right now if somebody's got the balls and the money to call you out and go out you illegally that will change so um, but as a being trustworthy I think is a number one key component to being a good personal trainer or a good strength coach however you want to call that in my opinion, I'm a coach, my wife's a coach, Andrew's a coach, our interns are coaches. They're not personal trainers because we do not do everything personal one-on-one. We're coaches. We coach the floor. We coach the individual. We coach them in life. Um, That's a topic for a different day, but some people call us personal trainers, and I'm okay with that. So the first one is being trustworthy. I think I've kind of went on enough about that. I think you kind of get the idea that I'm, I'm kind of trying to spill down here. The... Second one is being humble. Now, again, kind of like being trustworthy, if you're not humble, the fitness industry will chew you up and spit you out very fast. This profession, to do it well, to be under this quote-unquote good umbrella that we're talking about, um, requires you to have to do things that a lot of industries don't have to do. You have to be willing to probably get a four-year degree, probably even a master's degree, um, my wife is somebody that 
does not have to do that, um, considering she helps own the business and helps coach, and she is part of the brand and face of the gym. Um, but I would say she's probably an exception over the rule. I do think it, it with nowadays having a master's degree in our field, especially if you're going to coach at the collegiate or high school level, is absolutely required uh, just to be able to stand out a little bit more on that piece of paper and that resume. But so that's the first two things. So there you're looking at six years of school. You're obviously looking at at least one certification, probably either the personal training certification, the CSCS, the USAW, the CSCCA. Um, there's other good ones out there. Um, the IYCA, um, the precision nutrition certification, which Adrian is currently going under. Um, I, I think there's some other ones that are really, really good. DeFranco's are pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, you got to at least have some of those. But from a liability standpoint, you either need your CSCS or your CPT uh, to probably be able to progress forward and be able to get a job somewhere. Then you've also got to look that you probably need to do internship time. While this has a very ease of entrance in terms of like just being 18 and passing that certification test to be able to train people, the thing is, how are you going to get experience training people if you've <laughs> never trained people, right? Like you're not just going to hire somebody off the first go like, oh, I need to fix the siding of my house. I'm going to hire this guy that's never done it before. Just going to take my guess and say, hey, guess you know what? He's offering it really cheap. I'm willing to take the risk. That, unfortunately, the fitness industry does happen a little bit, um, but I can tell you right now that's probably not the way to go about it. The best way to go about it is to go get an unpaid internship, um, which we do offer them at Thirst. Um, I do think that we do it very well, but I will also say that that gives you the ability to train people and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes immediately. And part of being good is being able to be humble and understand that when you walk in those doors, you're not going to be the best. You're not going to do well. You're going to struggle a little bit. You're going to have to take some constructive feedback, and that's okay. That's part of what that is. But you've got to be humble enough to be able to do that because I can tell you right now, many professions don't have to do that. They get their four-year degree. They get a paid internship, and then boom, they're making eighty dollars to $100,000 a year, um, and the fitness industry is not like that. So you have to be humble in that regard, knowing that there's a lot of upfront problems with just trying to break in to being able to do anything, whether that work at the high school, college, private sector, just being a personal trainer at your, your local gym. Um, you're going to have to be humble to be able to be not only good, be able to make it a long time. The other thing is you have to be humble enough to understand that you don't know it all. There, with the strength and conditioning and fitness industry, there's so many different avenues that kind of just come off this really broad tree trunk. You know, there's, there's, you can eventually be a registered dietitian or a nutritionist, which those are different. You can end up being an exercise physiologist, you can be a personal trainer, you can be a strength coach, and that could be high school, private, um, collegiate, um, professional, you know, NFL, NBA, um, you know, we're also looking at, you could also even specialize, which the online community has kind of done this, where you can do online training, you could do powerlifting and weightlifting and strongman, um, there's just a bunch of different ways to go, and, and school doesn't tell you, one, I don't think they do a good enough job showing you the opportunities and career paths that are available, um, the other one's obviously physical therapy and chiropractic, and um, you can eventually, you know, be an you know athletic trainer or or what have you. But that's I'm not going to continue to go on. But I think you see my point is that there's so many different avenues 
that you've got to be humble enough to know that I don't know this realm. I don't know this realm. I need to refer out. I need to learn more about this style of training. I need to learn more about nutrition. I, If you're not humble enough to admit that you probably don't know as much as you think you do, you will go nowhere. You will go absolutely nowhere because you cannot walk into a facility or on someone's dime or um, underneath an administration at a college or high school and say, I know it, I'm going to run the show because very quickly that's going to hit your face and you're not going to know everything and you're going to have to ask for help and there's going to be that awkward you know, communication and trying to make things work. So to not go on any further about this, I think you just got to be humble enough to say, I don't know everything, I need to pick up a book, go to a read a po- or go listen to a podcast, go read an article, go talk to the actual person that wrote the book or as an expert in that field, um, which you know is something that we try to do here on the podcast is I try to reach out to people that know more than me about a particular subject so that they can help educate you, but they can also help educate me, helps make my coaching staff better, um, and, and it gives us ideas to be able to implement and try to make what we do better. Um, so you gotta be humble enough to do that, and again, I think it's nice that's number two on our list, um, is that if you're not able to do that, you're also going to struggle to make it in the industry just in general, but also make sure that you're what we're calling good, so not bad. Number three, this one's dear to my heart uh, personally, um, and I think that's and the, the term is integrity. And um, I try to live my life every day with having good integrity, doing the right thing even though nobody is watching you do the right thing. So I really love that Joe DeFranco is big on the shopping cart thing. I've been really big on that myself. I didn't even know it before I even started listening to his podcast and his stuff that he did that. Um, But if you don't know, Joe DeFranco is really big on saying that if you you can tell the worth of somebody by whether they put their shopping cart back in that little shopping cart bin or carousel or whatever. If they just leave it sit in the parking lot, they probably suck as a person. And if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, I'm sorry I just told you you sucked. You might be an anomaly, but I highly doubt it because generally it's not that hard to walk and push that cart in that bin. And you're making somebody else's job easier. Technically, that guy shouldn't even have to have a job. You know, they should be able to just maybe have one person at the at the facility that goes and rounds them up every so often, but that's it. But then they can do something else. But the reason that person has a job is because everyone just leaves their cart in the freaking parking lot and they're being lazy and they're being selfish and they're focusing on themselves and they're not doing the right thing even when nobody's watching. So, and the the key thing also with integrity is that you do the right thing all the time. All the time. Even when people aren't watching. Even when you do not have an audience. It's one thing to give off this persona that you have in good integrity, which... With today, with social media, it's very easy to portray that you have integrity because you can show posts of you doing good things, or um, you know somebody might tag you in something and you reshare it um, that shows you doing something positive or, or what have you. But in my opinion, people that have good integrity are also humble and they're also trustworthy, but they're going to do the right thing even when nobody's looking. They find they watch somebody drop a twenty dollar bill in their pocket, they're going to go give it to that person. They're not going to put it in their pocket. And the fitness industry, being a good personal trainer, being a good strength coach, is about having good integrity, about teaching good integrity, that you need to pick your stuff up. You need to put your stuff away. You need to be honest with yourself when things feel good and when they don't. You know, you need to be able to tell that your, tell your athletes, that sucked. 
maybe you don't say it that way, but if they don't do something good, you need to have the integrity to go over there and fix it. Hey, we need to work on this. Or if somebody does a really good job at the same time, also having the integrity to go and tell them that they did a very good job. So integrity, I feel like, is also another one that kind of just like it summarizes itself. I think you can probably look at somebody and immediately – I don't think you can bullshit in person to somebody that you have good integrity. You're either going to – you either know after about, you know, maybe a a very brief period of time of being around them where they probably have integrity or they don't. Um, And I do think that when you have good integrity and you make the right decisions no matter – I guess we shouldn't say right because you might accidentally make a wrong decision, but you're humble enough – to admit that you had a fault and that you're going to go back and you have the integrity to try to fix what you did in that given situation. So I, I guess the reason I say that is because we, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, and so it's not necessarily that you're going to do everything right. It's the fact that you're going to do what's technically good or better for either the community or the gym or the staff or your boss, even when they're not looking you're going to go try and do that because that's just the right thing to do. So that's our number three. Um, and like I said, I have, I have a personal um, umph with that. I try to make sure that that's something that I do every single day. And the shopping cart thing with Joe DeFranco is my big thing. I just went to Lowe's earlier today. And, you know, I I literally saw people just leaving their carts out. And I also went to Kroger, too. And, um, you know, there's a guy getting all the carts, and it's 95 degrees outside. And, like, this guy's having to bust his butt because people don't have the integrity just to put their freaking cart back in the carousel bin or whatever it's called. But, yeah, that's that's enough of that. Um, that could be a whole freaking podcast episode by itself probably. Number four for us is respect. So with respect, this I kind of, again, I feel like this is kind of a simple one. I don't feel like you should have to really, uh, I, I, I don't know, I guess it just to me seems like it's very easy, but you need to respect the people that you're around um, continuously. You know, you shouldn't be little people. You shouldn't be like, come on, Jimmy, those push-ups fucking suck. Get off your ass and get going. Like, that's not respect. That's you being a bully. Um Use positive motivation and respect the people in front of you, even if, you know, I work with 10-year-olds. Like, I can't tell a 10-year-old that. Even if, even if I wanted to try to make myself tell a 10-year-old that, I don't think I'd have the, I don't, I wouldn't have it in me to say that. But even if I had the, the hardcore football kid in front of me, I don't feel like I could ride his ass like that and make him feel like a piece of trash. That's not encouraging. That's not beneficial. That doesn't, doesn't do anything except for just have you spit and yell in his face. And if anything, you're probably actually pissing him off, and that's what's motivating him is that you're pissing him off. It's not that you're encouraging. It's that you don't know how to communicate. So respect everyone that you're around. Have respect for the industry. Have respect for the personal trainers and the coaches that that you work with. Have respect for all of the athletes and the personal training clients and each person that walks through your door. Have respect for their parents. Have respect for their coaches. Have respect for anybody, you know, your, your wife, your kids. Um, always have respect for each individual at, a, at, at their pace um, because I do feel that some it's really easy to earn their respect 
and then for them to, to respect you. And others, it takes some work. you got to find a way to communicate and get on the same level as these kids or these clients or, or these administrators or these parents. Like, There's different revolving doors that work with communication, and uh, communication is really important. I think you could make an argument that that's one thing that makes a good personal trainer strength coach is communication, which I'll talk about that here later. But I think if you respect somebody, that communication becomes a lot easier. It's not muffled. It's not lost. Um, and two people can sit down face-to-face and have a good conversation just because they respect each other. They may not actually like each other, but if you can respect what somebody does, I then think uh, it's easier to have that conversation. So respect as a personal trainer, strength coach, being good. Um, let's make sure that we're respecting our clients. We're respecting their time. We're respecting their effort. We're respecting the fact that they trust you, right? You're, let's respect the fact that this is not easy for them, especially people that are overweight or large or they're, they're uncomfortable being around weights or, you know, like because our gym is a little bit more, um, I want to say, like it has a rough feeling to it. Like that can be challenging for some people. So you need to not only respect the person but respect where they're coming from. They're doing something outside of their comfort zone to better themselves. You need to learn how to respect that. And as a strength coach or personal trainer, if you can't respect that, then you are going to have a very, very, very hard time not only communicating with that person, but being able to do that to be able to make a living because from a personal training standpoint, most personal training clients are coming to you to probably lose weight. They're not coming to you to power lift or do strong weight or do weightlifting or anything like that. You will get those people here and there every now and then. But generally, they're trying to better themselves, and so you need to have some respect and make sure you respect them and where they're coming from uh, to to kind of have that communication barrier. So, and then I, I guess also too, you need to respect yourself. You know, you need to take care of yourself. You need to um, have respect for what you do and understand that you can do it at a very high degree. And if you have self-respect, that too also goes off into your clients and your athletes and the kids you work with and the parents, the administrators. They see that. Right, that kind of shows confidence, and when you have that, it comes back around to being trustworthy. They'll trust you. So, that's the fourth one. That's respect. The fifth one here is uh, we can kind of take this a couple different avenues, uh, but the fifth one is strength. Personally, whenever I put this in the core values, I thought that you need to have all types of different strength. This is not talking about a world record squat strength. This is talking about the strength internally um, to be able to have the 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 confidence, the internal strength to to help others to have I mean have being strong lifting weights. I do think it's important. Let's also make this to be a good personal training strength. Which I do also think it's important that you train. So I guess you could lump that in this aspect of strength. But I'm talking about the strength to do everything that you need to do to be a good personal trainer or strength coach or make decisions. Sometimes it is very hard to make a decision, to let someone go, to kick someone out of your gym, to say that we're not the right fit, or the strength to be able to give somebody a refund when you know damn well they did not do what's right. But the goodness of your heart says, you know what, I'm going to give them the refund because it's the right thing to do. That takes strength. That doesn't take weight room strength. That takes being a good person and understanding where people are at and making a tough decision and having the mental strength to say, this is what I should do. 
it might hurt my pocketbook. It might hurt my business a little bit to be able to give that, to make that decision. But at the end of the day, that's the right decision, and that lumps back to integrity. Um, that takes strength too. And as a personal trainer, strength coach, you have to have the strength to be able to overcome hard times, losing clients, people quitting, people not showing up. The strength to be able to enforce some of that stuff. You got to have the mental strength to be able to say, you know what. Jane, you didn't show up for your 6 o'clock appointment in the morning. I'm charging you for it. I get my butt out of bed. I get to the gym. I'm ready there to train you and give you what you want. And you just wasted an hour of my day where I could have been sleeping or spend that time with my wife or with my kids or on the weekend doing something. But I, I booked that time slot for you. I'm going to charge you for it. That takes strength too. That's a hard conversation to have. And I don't think... Many people, when they get into personal training and strength coaching, they don't think about that stuff. All they think about is working with the next person and being able to train people and being in a weight room all day. And while that's really cool, there right now, that's really freaking cool. I love being in the, the gym 60 hours a week. I, I eat it up. I live for it. But I can also tell you it takes a wear and tear on me too when I have bad days. i got to have the strength to be able to persevere through telling that person they didn't do something right or they canceled wrong or you're skipping on me or you're missing sessions or we got to fix this fix spilling issue um, you got the strength to be able to make a resell and a very hard time in a kid's life like there's just there's a lot of things that can go under underneath that word strength so don't think that you have to be strong to be a good personal trainer strength coach and in in the in the limelight I would argue that if you're gonna try to find a good personal trainer strength coach don't just go look to see if they're strong because i can tell you right now i can probably name at least 10 15 people i know that do strength conditioning or personal training they might be strong but they suck as a personal trainer strength coach i can tell you that right now it's not my opinion i I don't need somebody to tell me that i that i need their that i'm just saying that like I know because I'm seeing the programs, I'm hearing firsthand, I'm, I'm hearing what these people do behind closed doors, right? Not, 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 not even coming down to being a trainer. We're talking about being a person. And if you're not a good person, there's no way you can be a good personal trainer strength coach. You might be able to deliver results, but in my opinion, our job is way more than about results. It's about being a good person, helping other people become better people through weights, fat loss, improving health, things of that nature so that's where strength kind of comes in um so there's that don't look at somebody and say they look good they should be my personal trainer because they probably suck ass at that the last one uh is teamwork so teamwork to me is very important i think being that we train athletes i think most of the athletes that we work with you know are in team sports um even wrestling's a team sport. Swimming still a team sport. Cross country still a team sport. At least at the level that we're talking here, um, you know, very even the track and field athletes as a team sport. You might have your own individual event, but you're scoring points for your team. Um, so most sports have a teamwork, camaraderie based feel to it. And I think the lessons that you learn from teamwork help uh, help encourage and positively benefit you as a person so part of being a good personal trainer or strength coach is being a good uh, a good teammate you've got to be able to work well with others even if you're let's say you're doing your own personal training thing you're out of somebody else's gym 
you know, you're basically paying rent or you know, you're giving up a percentage, you still have to be a good teammate. You need to respect that facility. You need to respect that owner. You need to respect the, the front-end staff. You need to um, respect the other people that are using the facility for you. There's some going back to the word respect. But that creates a better team environment. Everybody's there working together as a team. Even though you're not a team collectively, you know, you're not on the same payroll and everything else, but if you have a if you want what's best for the gander, each of you are going to see benefits long term individually. So you got to put the team before the individual, and then the individual grows, the team grows, and that's where teamwork comes in. But that's at first, all of our coaching is you've got to be on staff. I don't let anybody come in and just train people out of my four walls. Um, there's multiple reasons to that, but the the main reason is I want teamwork. I want the team to collectively develop the individual. The way me, the way I coach, to the way Andrew coaches, to the way Adrian coaches, all three of us coach differently. We have different ways that we approach people, how we how we interact, um, how we how we carry ourselves, and one kid may gravitate towards one coach versus the other. And I love that. That's great that they have options. Because if it was just me, if they don't like me, that doesn't mean that what I'm doing is bad. You know, I, I may just be a little rash on that person. But if Adrian can communicate with that kid way better than I can and they can get them to buy in and have the results, that's great. That's what we want. I don't I don't care whether who gets the results, whether it's me, Adrian, or Andrew, it doesn't matter. The, the, the point that matters is that the kid gets the results, and that's a teamwork effort to be able to get it there. Also, the fact that the team works together um, to be able to provide a good experience that I think also makes a good personal trainer or strength coach because you do things together as a team. You work together. You have events together. You spend time outside of your, your job together. Um, you know, that... Pete Dupree had an amazing post on Instagram the other day saying that what makes a really good gym, in his opinion, is having team staff team training. And when those, when that staff team training works well together, you'd be very, very rare to find that that gym does not have a good atmosphere. And I would 100% agree with that. I have never been in a gym that has staff training. When you have, when they have staff training together and it, and it goes well, that gym freaking is awesome every single time. Every single time in the college, private sector, I've never experienced where it's bad. But you go to a gym that does not have that, you've got this huge separation of, I don't know, I hate to use the word clicks, but I can't think of a better word right now. These different clicks of people and how they, they, they work together and, or they don't work together. You know, it's, it's dysfunctional. And that doesn't do anything well from a personal training or strength coaching um, vibe. So I know that's a little bit kind of off, but at the same time, like I hope I'm making sense in terms of the teamwork setting, how being good teammates and working together is better for the greater common good and being a good personal trainer, strength coach, you're going to have a good team behind you and you're going to be good teammates and you have an idea of how you can help each other when you work together, even with, even if let's say you are by yourself, but you've got the admins and everything and you're, you're trying to help them that comes down to help you, and that's still teamwork, and that's going to make you better um, because it's also going to help with the being humble and everything else, and you know, you're know you going to get information passed down, and basically this all strings together, right? So to briefly recap on those, we got trustworthy, humble, integrity, respect, strength, and teamwork. 
Hopefully you saw how those all kind of came full circle together. They kind of blend and intertwine. Um, I, I kind of like that. I, that's There's why there's some of those that we picked, but also the fact that we highly believe in them at Thirst. And if you know somebody doesn't have one of those core values, um, they probably don't fit in well with our culture. So a couple extras that I want to talk about that I briefly, briefly got into with some of these other ones. Uh, the first one's communication. Why is communication important? Well, as we kind of talked about, words can get can get lost in communication if you don't know how to communicate with the person that's in front of you. So, if I've got a 14-year-old female in front of me, and I I think her weight's going up look absolutely great, like, man, she's put on 20, 30 pounds on her deadlift, and um, that's really impressive, how I'm going to go about saying that to her is going to look different than if I say it to a guy. I might say, hey, Jamie, your deadlift's looking really good today. I'm really proud of the improvement that you've made, and it's really paying off. Hopefully, you're seeing your performance improve by being able to add a little bit more weight to the bar that you're using or the exercise that you're doing or, um, you know, it's really looks like it's paying off in terms of your performance where the guy who puts 30, 40 pounds on his deadlift, you know, hey, John, you're looking freaking jacked, dude. Your your legs are looking a lot bigger. And you're looking a lot more stout. You're filling out your shirt. Um, you know, your chest is looking bigger. Your back's looking wider. Like they're gonna like that. But if I said that to a girl, if I said, "Hey, your legs are looking, are looking a little extra thicker, or meatier, or um, they're looking a little more muscular," that's probably gonna turn off a 14 year old girl. They don't want to hear that they look bigger, bulkier. They're filling out clothes better. Like that's most girls are a little. Um, self-conscious about the way they appear, especially at the teenage years. So I can't approach a female like that. And so being able to understand that, being part of being a good personal trainer or strength coach is understanding how to communicate what somebody's doing well or maybe what somebody's not doing well based upon not only their gender, the gender was just an example, but also their personality types and and how they respond to feedback. Because some of those kids or personal training clients, depending on who you're working with, either want to hear how it's going to benefit performance or their goals, or they want to hear something that reassures what their goals are. So if their goal is to put on some muscle, hey, your shoulders are looking broader, you're filling out that shirt more. Their goal is to lose weight, hey, looks like your clothes are fitting a little looser. You know, are, are you losing a little bit of weight? You know, how much, how much weight have you lost at this point? And then also highlighting the fact that they did a good job losing that kind of weight. Like, good job. I'm glad that you're you're working hard and you know you're making smart food choices and you're getting to bed on time. Like, that's great. You're doing a really good job. I wish we had more clients that would do it the way you do it. That really builds confidence in your clients and your athletes to be able to show that they're doing something well. And not that I'm like comparing them to anybody else, because quite honestly, in most cases, our clients do relatively a good job at, at just about everything. There's some holes we could fix, but um, you know, if you if you make them feel like, hey, I'm doing a really good job, and everybody else in here is doing a good job, and they they highlight my success, and I thought everybody else was doing good, I must be really doing a really really good job. You know, you're almost playing to the psychology of the client, not telling you to feed them bullshit because you definitely don't. Again, have integrity, right? We already kind of talked about that. Be and you know, be honest about that. So. Um, that that alone will help with the communication barrier, but then also how you coach. Being a good personal trainer, strength coach, how you communicate 
and coach can get them to elicit certain things um, from a performance standpoint. So driving your knee up or pushing your foot harder through the ground or bringing your hips forward, um, having feeling weight on your whole foot or keeping your chest tall or stick your butt out, uh, push your knees out, root to the floor, um, you know, things like that, little cues can go a long way. And we've kind of talked about this at one of our intern at one of our meetings, one of our weekly in-service meetings. But with our interns, we're saying we we said that you you can't tell a client, especially a kid, because they have no idea. But you can't tell a client you should feel it in your lats. Most clients have no idea, no idea what their lats are, where they are on their body, or what the lat does in terms of function. That that cue is useless to the to to the client. So part of being a good personal trainer strength coach is being able to put these scientific terms of what you want to happen into words that the client can understand and then it, and then it blends together and then you get a positive reaction or a coaching cue that kicks in and then the exercise happens. Sometimes you've got to use tools and implements and you got to touch them in certain places to be able to get things to happen or... Um, you know, you've got to be able to show things with like diagrams using your hands, um, using, like I said, using small implements. That's okay. That's part of what makes you a really good coach because the really bad coach is just going to say, no, just push your knees out. No, just keep pushing your knees. You're not, you're not pushing your knees out. Pushing your knees out is, is a cue. Pushing your knees out is not a way to externally rotate the femur. So by telling someone to push their knees out, you're hoping they externally rotate their femur, but you can make a case that all they're doing is abducting their femur, not externally rotating. So that, to me, is a good example of what makes a good personal trainer versus a bad personal trainer because the good personal trainer, okay, well, okay, knees out's not working. Let's try spread the floor with your feet, push the sides of your shoes, twist or ankle your or twist or anchor your feet into the floor rotate your leg in your in your into your hip little things like that they start to kind of understand or you could go grab a towel and say hey push your feet into the side into the towel and create tension in the towel or put them on a line on the floor and say hey I want you to rip that line apart like you're going to crack the floor open those are coaching cues and a way a style of communication that a client can grasp and understand even though that's not what we learn in school. You know, we learn that external rotation helps you open your hips up and sit down and back. That's what we're wanting, but we can't explain that to a client because it would take all day for them to get it. And especially when you have finite time as a coach with certain uh, coaching cues, you've got to be able to know what works well and what doesn't. And, you know, part of that's building rapport with your client, too. Um, yeah, that's a tangent for another day, but building rapport with your client, um, you can kind of quickly learn how they learn best. And so that's something that you can keep in mind there when it comes to communication. And so that's the communication aspect. And we're talking about one more thing here. The other, the other part that I think makes you a good personal trainer strength coach is knowing what you need to do to get them results. So... This could be, I could probably talk for 30 minutes on this, but you need to have a system in place on how you work with everybody. Everybody. There needs to be a general system in place in how you work with people. And the reason I'm talking about this last is because, quite honestly, in my opinion, 
what you do from a training perspective as a strength coach or personal trainer probably doesn't matter that much. Probably doesn't matter that much. I do think it's important that you know the basics, but whether you have somebody free squat or box squat in your training program, eh, probably not that big of a difference in terms of performance. Are, are there differences? Absolutely. Absolutely there's differences between those exercises. But there's plenty of programs to get results with a free squat, and there's plenty of programs to get results with a box squat. So who says which one's better? There's no, like, you ask 10 different strength coaches, they're probably going to split right down the middle 50-50. Half are going to be imposed for the free, half are going to be imposed for the um, the box squat. To me, that part doesn't matter. I think it matters a little bit. you got to understand how to train people. But if you've got systems in place, you know how you're going about working with people um, in terms of your templates and your assessment and, and your, your training philosophy. And if you have all that stuff down, you're going to be a good personal trainer strength coach. But you have to have that down. You can't wing it every single day on the fly um, of what you're going to do. you And I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to call out any particular businesses in my area, <clears throat> but we are the only, and I, I can say this pretty confidently, we are the only facility that has pre-planned training programs for each individual client and athlete. The only one. I can guarantee it. Guarantee it. I've been in every facility in town. I know the way most of them do it. And a lot of them are just making it up on the fly. They're just like, oh, well, today we're going to do this exercise for three sets of ten. And then we're going to do this one we're gonna do this for three sets of ten. And then we're just going to go do tire flips for this. And then we're going to go pick up stones. That's bullshit. That sucks. That's a that's a sucky personal trainer strength coach. They have zero idea. They may know how to coach those things. I'm not saying they don't know how to how to coach tire flip. They don't know how to, you know, coach a lap pull down. Sure, maybe they do. They probably should. Um, lap pull down is a pretty simple exercise to coach, but that doesn't mean that they're a good personal trainer strength coach. They're not chasing an adaptation; they're chasing a paycheck. And to me, in this field, you you better not be chasing that paycheck because, like, right now that paycheck sucks. Um, you got to do this because you really love it. You know, you can make a living off of it. I'm not saying that, but you're not gonna be you're not gonna be making you know quarter million dollars a year. Um, you know, unless you start getting the pro levels and stuff like that, or you're 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 the head director of a college <clears throat> or university. But like I said, having systems in place helps make you be a good personal trainer, strength coach. Because one, it takes the thinking out. You've had to think to be able to make the systems. You know, I'm not saying that you're that you don't think about things, but you think long term how you want to work with each individual person, and you have a system set up in place. So that when you go to do that, you don't have to think about all the minor in- intricacies of squat or box squat or you know three sets of eight or three sets of ten. That, that, quite honestly, that doesn't freaking matter. In most cases, they're not. Eight reps or ten reps, they're both hypertrophy ranges. So who cares whether you pick eights or tens? It doesn't matter probably with the population you're working with. Unless you're working with some phenom freak athlete that's been in the weight room for 15 years or, you know, like a competitive powerlifter or somebody who's done that for 15 years, that might matter a tad more. But to the average person that's weight room experience is sub two years, it doesn't matter what their sets and reps look like. You know, there's general programming principles that you want to increase um, – increase stress over the long term i mean you know somebody that starts with you after their first four weeks their training program better look considerably different at month eight month nine they shouldn't be doing the same training program that whole time 
Um, unless if maybe they're a very, very young kid and you're really hitting home on the basics. Um, but even even then, I, I just think that you you don't look into those intricacies of what makes a good personal trainer strength coach. It doesn't come down to the sets and reps. It does not come down to the sets and reps. It comes down to having the system in place so you know when you're trying to chase a certain adaptation with somebody, it's easy to make a training program and then you just kind of add in exercises, take exercises away, put in different mobility and warm-up and prehab-rehab stuff to be able to to help that person with their particular needs assessment that you've done. Um, you know, if they're a weight loss client, you're probably going to have something that's a little more circuit fashion. If they're a strength athlete, they're going to have more strength-based stuff. If they're, you know, a cross-country runner, then you know there's going to be more hamstring work. Like, those are the kind of things that you need to think about. And as a system, it's easy to, to be able to make those adjustments to the system versus having to create a new system every single time you work with somebody. So if you've got your general philosophy of training and what you believe as a personal trainer or strength coach, once you have that, then you start focusing on the little minutia as you need to. So to kind of round this out, because I'm you know in the in the forty minute range now, um, we've kind of talked about the six things: trustworthy, humble, humble, integrity, respect, strength, teamwork. We talked about communication, and we talked about having a system slash being able to train people on what you're doing. So. Notice that everything I talked about, for the most part, has nothing to do with actually strength and conditioning knowledge. I do think that is important. I do think you've got to know, you know, some some physiology and some anatomy, and you've got to know how to coach these exercises. I'm not saying you don't, but to be a good versus a bad strength coach and personal trainer, I I, I think if you focus on these things first. And, and you're actually passionate about this, especially as you're young and you're you're coming through this industry and you're still in school. Like, if you can get this stuff down and you can take what you learn in school and you're doing those internships and you're taking your certifications exams and you're doing and you're being humble, using one of our core values, you're being humble and you're educating on your own. You're in the weight room training. You're trying this stuff out. You're you're seeing how it transfers and how it feels to you, so you can be able to coach it. I think if you're doing all that outside of these core values, focusing on these core values, you're going to be fine. You're going to have to find a mentor. It's going to be a little rough from the get-go. But I think if you focus on these core values that we have at Thirst, and you can make up your own core values. Let's also make that clear. I don't think that my Thirst core values are the end-all, be-all to being a good strength coach or personal trainer. This is just what we use, and you can hopefully now see how that helps create our coaching staff and our results, and our positive atmosphere, and our culture, and our community, and how that's worked, it's worked out pretty freaking well. Um, I'd say that I'm very happy with the way that is. And so if you can be willing to do that, and you know, get outside your comfort zone, go learn, be humble, be the stupidest guy in the room, get, get around the really smart people, listen to what they have to say, take action on what they say, don't just go get information and like, oh yeah, Coach Brandon said I need to, I need to do 100 press downs, 100 tricep press downs to bring my triceps up so I can try to work on my bench press. And then you don't go do them. That's not being humble. You just went and listened to what I had to say and didn't implement it. So you were basically just trying to pretend to almost be humble. You were, you were not 
having the you're not holding yourself to the integrity but you know you also don't have the strength to be able to say he's right i need to do this i, I need to get in there and i need to do 100 press downs at least every day i do my upper body to help my bench press or if you know coach adrian says we need to do this kind of mobility work or this kind of foam rolling or we need to focus on this part of your job as an athlete is to do it um so you got to listen to your coaching staff and, and work together in that regard as well. So uh, I I hope that kind of summarizes everything I wanted to say. Um, and, and I really want to try to hit home on this, that good, in terms of this podcast, in terms of this episode, good to me is we're talking about between good and bad. What is going to be somebody that can be good to go learn from? Good to, good to be around? What's going to help you have success in the future? What's going to give you longevity in the fitness or strength and conditioning field? Not in terms of X's and O's good. You know, who's running triphasic and concurrent and conjugate and undulating and linear? To me, all that is just intricacies of what we do. And quite honestly, as a community, we might bicker over those things about what's better and what we can get better results with and what's more optimal for the athlete. But I can tell you right now, if you just call that program A, program B, program C, program D, program E, and you put all your athletes evenly across those, more than likely they're all going to make progress. Some are going to make progress faster than others. Some are going to get banged up a little bit more than others. Um, some are going to buy into the training more than others. But at the end of the day, I think you're still going to get results, and we're results-driven business, at least from a business standpoint, results-driven. But even the college strength coaches is technically a results-driven business. If you're not getting kids stronger and faster and more explosive and reducing injury, you're probably not going to be at that university very long. But you know that if you can do that, I think these core values that we talk about, um, and then also communication on top of this, that's what's going to make you a good personal trainer or strength coach, bar none. So if you're looking for a good personal trainer or strength coach, my opinion, these are core values you need to ask if they have, you need to ask how they communicate, and then just make sure that they've got the regular stuff they should have. They've got a degree, they've got a certification, they've got um, internships behind them, they've got work experience, they've got a track record of working with people, um, they train, they believe in teamwork and greater good, I think you're going to be good. So that is all I've got for this particular episode. If you happen to have questions, want more information, uh, go check us out at thirstgym.com. There's a show notes tab. Once the podcast is uh, live on the, the streaming services, it automatically posts to my website so I don't have to like go in and personally post it. It'll post it all for you. Um, this one's basically just going to have the show notes and kind of what we talked about. It's kind of our core values listed, um, some information about me and anything like anything like that. Um, but again, this was a fantastic question that I got. I'm glad I got to spend a little about almost about an hour on it. If um, if you want to have a further discussion about this, please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. That's at b smitley b s m i t l e y. Um, you can also send me an email from my website. Uh, and, and I'd be happy to, to discuss this into to more length with you. If you happen to think that this podcast episode or just the, the episodes I've done in general are good, you're learning stuff, you like it, 
I'd really appreciate a share. I'd appreciate a five-star review on iTunes. Um, you know, you could post it in your Instagram story and tag me um, or whoever my guest might be as well. Um, I'm trying to do my best to, to put together a pretty decent podcast. And um, so far, I'm pretty happy with what we've had. I think we can get a bigger reach. Um, I'll just be the first to admit that I'm not a popular person on Instagram and social media. Um, it's just I'm just not. Um, I'm actually in the trenches coaching and working with people way too much to focus on building an Instagram presence. Um, I try to share more information than I do about them, about my lifting. Um, so, again, I really appreciate any kind of shares um, or anything you'd be willing to do to help get this podcast out to other coaches, especially if you learn something. If you learn something from it, do yourself, pass it on, let other people learn something. Um, and that not just from this particular episode because usually I'm sitting down um, chugging away, taking notes, figuring out ways that I can get better from whenever I sit down with other people. And I'm also always looking for guests. Um, if, I, if you think that somebody really knows the ins and outs of something, feel free to message me and say, hey, get them on the podcast or reach out to them. I've got a couple more already recorded, so you'll expect to hear those over the coming weeks and months. Um, but then I'm, again, I'm also trying to work in some more people as well. So that's all I've got for this episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Hopefully you learned something, and we will see you at episode 12. Thanks for listening to Thirst for More podcast. Give us a follow on Spotify, iTunes, Google, and other streaming services. Feel free to visit our website, thirstgym.com. That's T-H-I-R-S-T-G-Y-M.com. And click on the podcast tab to look over show notes and extra free resources. You can also give us a follow on Instagram at Team Thirst. That's T-E-A-M period T-H-I-R-S-T or you can give me a follow at B Smitley that's B-S-M-I-T-L-E-Y for more updates on future episodes to come. I'm your host Brandon Smitley and we'll catch you at the next episode.